0: We don't sugarcoat shit. (laughs) This is Renegade Talk Radio. Renegade Talk Radio. Hello, Renegade Nation. This is Everly Isby. This is connecting the dots, and this is Renegade Talk Radio. And uh, today is March sixteenth, twenty seventeen. And I want to start off just by talking about uh, the debt ceiling real quick uh, for the U.S. government. Because um, there's some interesting connecting the dots things that lead to what the rest of the show is about. So let's just start off there. Uh, yesterday, the U.S. Congress was supposed to be dealing with the debt ceiling, which has been agreed to be capped at $22 trillion. Right now, it's just below $20 trillion. Yesterday was the expiration of the extension that the Obama administration gave back in 2015, a kind of, uh, you know, passing the buck maneuver so they wouldn't have to seriously deal with an ugly problem. Yes, let's just pass it on to the next administration. (laughs) And the question I had yesterday was, will they pass a law to raise it or will we have Armageddon? With $200 billion in the U.S. Treasury and an operating rate of $75 billion per month, it is said that there's only enough money to run the government until June 1st. The Trump administration wants to raise the debt ceiling, and Mnuchin, you know, head of the Treasury, has called Congress to raise it. But former Reagan administration White House budget director David Stockman said in an interview with Greg Hunter of USA Watchdog that financial pain is a mathematical certainty. Stockman explains, and here's a quote, I think we are likely to have more of a fiscal bloodbath rather than fiscal stimulus. Unfortunately for Donald Trump, not only did the public vote the establishment out, they left on his doorstep the inheritance of 30 years of debt buildup and a fiscal policy that's been really reckless in the extreme. People would like to think he's the second coming of Ronald Reagan and we're going to have mourning in America. Unfortunately, I don't think it looks that promising because Trump is inheriting a mess that pales to insignificance what we had to deal with in January of 1981 when I joined the Reagan White House as budget director. Unquote. Stockman uh, had commented previously on this, saying, you know, that the market is apparently pricing in a huge Trump stimulus. But if you just look at the real world out there, the only thing that's going to happen is a fiscal bloodbath and a White House train wreck like never before in U.S. history. And exclaimed that when looking at markets, he said, what's going on today is complete insanity. Donald Trump is in a trap. Today the debt is 20 trillion, it's 106% of GDP. Trump is inheriting a built-in deficit of 10 trillion over the next decade under current policies that are built in. Yet he wants more defense spending, not less. He wants drastic sweeping tax cuts for corporations and individuals. He wants to spend more money on border security and law enforcement. He's gonna do more for the veterans. He wants this big trillion dollar infrastructure program. You put all that together, and it's madness. Then Stockman drops this bomb and says, quote, I think what people are missing is this date, March 15th, 2017. That's the day that this debt-ceiling holiday that Obama and Bonner put together right before the last election of October of 2015. That holiday expires today. And this was said yesterday. The debt ceiling will freeze in at $20 trillion. It will then be law. It will be a hard stop. The Treasury will have roughly $200 billion in cash. We're burning cash at $75 billion a month rate. By summer, they will be out of cash. Then we will be in the mother of all debt ceiling crises. Everything will grind to a halt. I think we will have a government shutdown. There will not be Obamacare repeal and replace. There will be no tax cut. There will be no infrastructure stimulus. There will just be one giant fiscal bloodbath over a debt ceiling that has to be increased and no one wants to vote for, unquote. Wow. Well, now that's just one guy's opinion. So yesterday afternoon, I turned on the TV to see what the mainstream mainstream media was talking about, thinking for sure that the debt ceiling deadline would be a major talking point. And all they were talking about was efforts to repeal Obamacare, Trump's rally speech in Nashville, and anything other than the debt ceiling deadline. I checked across the internet. I couldn't find. I could only find one article from Reuters written yesterday regarding this important subject, and it mostly said, "Quote: As of early Wednesday, there was no indication that lawmakers have scheduled a vote." to raise or to renew the suspension on the debt ceiling. However, last week, the Congressional Budget Office said the government could fund itself until sometime this fall. Well, I guess they're planning on some really creative financial maneuvers to accomplish that feat. But, you know, it made me wonder, you know, if Trump is aware of something else coming down the pike that will potentially make all of this a moot point. And I'll go into that right after the break. This is Everly Isby. I'll be right back. What are you people? On dope? It's perfect! Shh, 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 shh. Do you hear that? It's the winds of change. Hi again. This is Everly Isby. And you know, I honestly I honestly don't have a clue as to how Trump can fulfill what he has promised to do to rebuild this ravished country I mean there's all kinds of measures you can do to reverse some of the crap that's been installed and I think he's been working really hard on doing some of that stuff but I haven't actually sat and pondered over long about it because the system is so complicated it's so corrupt it hurts to contemplate it and I think most people feel that way And I've talked about the fact that around 70% of all the money that people make ends up being eaten up by taxes, fees, penalties, and so on down the line. And it's just fed into this astronomical beast we call government, which is, in effect, a parasite eating its host. Catherine Austin-Fitz has done a lot of research into how the system works. And as she says, the great majority of the monies siphoned from all of our pockets goes to feed unbudgeted black programs that are way beyond what actually goes into the actual working of government and its many buried agencies. It all just goes into this vast black hole. And it is not accounted for. To us, what they're really doing or what they're really spending it on, nor is it necessarily in the best interests of humanity in general. I mean, you just look around and realize the continual degradation of society and the world in general to know that that's true. Just before the break, I said I wondered if Trump were aware of something coming down the pike, that there is perhaps a reason for the High confidence face that he shows us. Now, this is uh, you know partly speculation on my part. It's a connecting the dots stuff because you know you can't you can't always do everything on fact. You have to kind of look at things as they are coming out, take it all in, and put it in a variety of baskets in your head. You know, the white basket is the real stuff. The gray basket is what you're chewing on. This is what I'm chewing on. Uh, but it's stuff that I and many people have been following for years. I've talked in past shows about the mysterious activities that have been going on down in Antarctica and the large number of world leaders that have been visiting there over the past few years. And I just came across this video with Linda Moulton Howe being interviewed by Whitley Strieber. It's very much related to the anomalous phenomenon going on down there. The video of the The beginning of the video uh, is Linda. Uh, She talks of a man named Brian who initially contacted her by email. Brian is a retired U.S. Navy pilot who now works in the aerospace industry. Brian was in Antarctica in 1995 and 96. And he and his C-130 crew often encountered high strangeness, several times seeing rapidly moving silver disks moving along the trans antarctic mountains. On one assignment, he and his crew were doing an emergency medevac flight, and to speed up the trip, he flew over a no-fly zone. And they saw a huge football field-sized hole in the ice that looked like an entrance to an underground installation. This was uh, located about 5 to 10 miles from the geographic South Pole. They saw what they weren't supposed to see. Later, at camp at Marie Birdland, a dozen scientists disappeared for two weeks. When they reappeared, Brian's flight crew were assigned to pick them up. On the return trip with the scientists, Brian said they all were silent and they all appeared scared. Brian and his C-130 crew received orders to not talk about the silver disks, the huge ice hole, or the scared scientists who'd gone missing. Repeatedly, the crew was sternly told that they did not see what they kept seeing. But Brian was never asked to sign an official non-disclosure agreement. Now that Brian was retired and working in civilian aerospace, he decided to step forward and share his experiences with Linda Howe, because he was convinced that an alien presence is living and working on this planet. Linda and Brian had never met until June of 2016 at a contact in the desert conference in Joshua Tree, California where they organized to meet at a local restaurant. And uh, after dinner they kept talking until after midnight outside of the restaurant's parking lot under trees. And this is an interesting aspect um, is that after the conference was over and Brian had returned home to Arizona, he received a call while at work and was told to not talk anymore about what he had just been talking about. He questioned the caller to clarify what he'd been talking about, and the caller told him the who, what, and where's of his trip and meeting with Linda Howe. He said to not talk about what happened on the ice, and specifically about the missing scientists. Brian, because he hadn't signed an NDA, an, a non-disclosure uh, agreement, said he would consider it, and then the caller hung up. He took the number off his cell and went on the internet to see who had called, and it was the main line for the NSA, the National Security Agency. Interesting story. That's just the start of it. Just a little teaser for you, Renegade Nation. It's in my links. Uh, if you're not paying attention to what's happening in Antarctica these days, you definitely should. This video goes on as an in-depth talk between Linda Moulton and Whitley Streber. I hope you check it out. I found a recent release, though, of an overview video uh, just released by David Wilcock, uh, created created during a Conscious Life Expo in February, just last month. It's about two and a half hours um, out of the nine hours filmed during the Expo. So it just t- gives you a lot of the details and sums it all up in two and a half hours. And he and Corey Goode talk in detail of what's going on down in Antarctica, uh, the deep state, the secret space programs, and the alliances on Earth and off-world. Most importantly, it talks about the disclosures that will be coming out in the near future, which include a very different history of humanity, which will blow away not only the archaeological miscalculations and theories we've been taught, so we can get back on track with our true history for the first time. Also included is a lot of what has been found in Antarctica. For example, three crashed motherships, all of which are about three miles in in diameter, huge. Uh, Vast underground cities and bases and the ancient but advanced technologies found there. Along with all of what David speaks of, um, the even larger disclosure of technologies that have been suppressed from us for far too long by the cabal factions, the deep state within these alliances. These technologies, when disclosure occurs, will change everything as we know it and rejuvenate our planet and civilization here on Earth. It's an interesting video, and even if you're one of those who are skeptical, that is probably disinformation or a psyop of some kind, I totally respect that. I mean, you should be skeptical. And I've gone through various levels of skepticism myself over many years of looking into these types of subjects. You have to, because it's about the true nature of reality as opposed to the nature of reality we've been spoon-fed all our lives. I tend to lean towards the veracity of what so many people have come forward with over the years. People who have come forward as whistleblowers that have been vetted as to they are who they are, they've done what they've done, and who have worked in these many countless programs. There's just too much evidence out there today to just dismiss it as fantastical or impossible. And I've also witnessed quite a variety of strange phenomena myself, you know. In fact, just last Summer, I was here at the studio uh, with Richie, it was evening, and uh, so we were out in the back on the patio, and there was a woman who had dropped by and we were all visiting. And uh, Richie went inside, back inside for a second, probably to get something. And as we were, the two of us were talking. This woman, uh, she looked up and she pointed. She goes, "What is that?" And I turned around behind me, and it was this ball of fire streaking across the sky. And you would, my immediate assumption was uh, a, a, a comet, a meteor kind of thing coming in. But what was weird is I was watching it. St- Streaming across the sky was that if it's a comet or a meteor, you know, they have uh, off the tail of it, it the, 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 the fireball, it gets narrower the farther away as it's moving forward, right? Well, this was the opposite. It was like a pyramid coming out of the back of this thing and it just getting larger and larger and it was orange and orange yellow. And what was really freaky at that point was as I was watching in amazement as this fireball was coming across the sky, because it was low down, it was in our atmosphere, it wasn't way out there. There was these really brightly colored but small blue and red, and I think there was an I think there was an orange color orbs that were tracking along behind it just outside of the fireballs uh, fumes that were trailing out in this, it were growing, it, it was just, I'd never seen anything like it. And apparently there were people from California, uh, Nevada and Utah that witnessed this thing, but it, it also, it made no sound. I'd never seen, it was, it was just one of those things where you're screaming, you are like, what is that? You know, it, it, uh, it wasn't scary or anything, it was just exciting. But I've seen a lot of stuff as well beyond that. I'm not going to bore you with all my stories, but um, but you know, when I think about the the from the videos of Linda Moulton Howe, uh, David Wilcox's overview video of what happened at that conference, and and all the stuff I've been reading about for so long. Uh, and I'm thinking about, once again, the debt ceiling, that there is no mention of anything. And Trump seems confident that even if we're in this financial crisis of unprecedented historical aspects, he seems like he's very confident. And apparently, Trump has also visited Antarctica And so have many, many world leaders. Now, if there wasn't something groundbreaking going on down there, why would all these elite members worldwide be going down there? Why? Could it be that Trump is so confident that he will accomplish draining the swamp and turning the United States around? I mean, it is undeniable that a civil war between rival government factions is playing out in our headlines as we speak. I do believe that the many disclosures and leaks that have been coming out now are another sure sign that things are going to change and that business, as usual, uh, well, I believe, will be a thing of the the past. When I come back, I'm going to talk into the 8,700 documents released through WikiLeaks, Vault 7. This is Everly Isby. I'll be right back. More smoking content than a Jamaican spliff. You're listening to Blunt Talk on Renegade Talk Radio. Hello again, Renegade Nation. uh, We're talking about current and upcoming leaks and disclosures. I mean, seriously. As disgusting as a lot of this stuff is that's coming out these days. You know, And disgusting is an, is, is an understatement, to say the least. It is obviously being brought out to us for a purpose. And that purpose is the bringing down the emasculation, if you will, uh, of the criminal syndicates, the cabal that has been controlling this planet for centuries upon centuries, and very inhumanely as well. It's a necessary thing for humanity to walk through this time so that the upcoming disclosures can be set in place. Uh, A clean slate needs to be prepared for the upcoming disclosures that will be changing our world from a prison planet to a free one with a major evolutionary leap for mankind included. That's the way I see it. A lot of people are talking about the recent release of Vault 7 by WikiLeaks, a total of 8,700 documents. A lot of people are just talking, though, about the uh, CIA hacking abilities, um, which, you know, that part of the disclosure, it didn't surprise me in the least. I mean, I think most of us know that between the NSA and the CIA, uh, as well as the uh, 15 other intelligence agencies that we've got here in the United States, that they've been in bed with a computer and the Internet companies as well as telecommunications world since day one, starting with Ma Bell back in the nineteen forties, or maybe even earlier, probably earlier. So that's that stuff is no big disclosure for me. But I came across an interesting interview on the website of Victoris Libertas with a Pentagon insider who agreed to answer some questions about Vault 7. It's very revealing because um, this insider, Pentagon insider, speaks into the much broader implications of what's really going down. So I'll start with their first question. Vault 7 is the biggest story of the year, right? It gets bigger by orders of magnitude. So what happens now? The story will go well beyond implants, C2s, and LPs. What does that mean? Listening posts. Malware. The danger is in how the CIA declassified war code. They also failed to keep different eggs in different baskets. This can be blamed on the agency not wanting to loop the NSA in their plans. In essence, the CIA sought to create their own NSA. Jeez. <laughs> now that's scary, people. The intelligence community is way out of control. These agencies, by the way, have no authority to do what they're doing, which is spying with impunity on each and every one of us. This all ties to the deep state and the black budget programs they haven't disclosed to us. But uh, not for long, renegade nation. (laughs) Okay, back to the interview here. Uh, What do you see happening next? Well, whack-a-mole takes on a whole new meaning the media steps in talking heads bemoan the threat to national security blame Russia avoid any mention of British involvement or Israel which by the way is furious beyond belief and scared shitless at the release of Vault 7 as are the Brits we keep hearing this why? the Brits and Israelis are allies, right? Define ally. The CIA, MI6, and Israeli Secret Service have been engaged in asymmetrical espionage on civilians, both domestically and abroad. They turned their tradecraft on the civis. That's not going to play out well. There are bigger floods ahead, I fear. Floods? It's a term used to denote large-scale leaks or breaches in intelligence. What type of things can we expect? Right now, the first dump concentrated on the CIA's toolkit. The fear and loathing barometer tells me there's real concern the source code will get leaked and even bigger concern the CIA's past activities get exposed. If that happens, we will have a shockwave and an instant realignment of friends and foes. Could you explain further? Let's say WikiLeaks divulges that the CIA engages in domestic espionage in tandem with Mossad and MI6. Let's say CIA looks the other way while foreign nations are allowed to surveil American citizens. Let's say the people find out we created ISIS with Israel. Or the CIA really did neutralize Kennedy. Imagine how the citizens will view the CIA, Mossad, and MI6. In truth, these entities are not the beast, but rather the claws of the beast. The combination of the CIA, Mossad, and MI6 can be considered the greatest sponsors of terrorism in the world. Okay, right there, Renegade Nation. This speaks into a lot of what I talk about. He said these entities are not the beast, but the claws of the beast. Well, what is the actual beast? The international banking consortiums that control the private foreign-owned corporations across the Western and Western-controlled world and the elite families above them. But the corporations that are masked around as legitimate governments when they are not. That's why the United States of America, Europe, Canada, Australia, New Zealand, Japan, and many other countries are being raped, pillaged, and plundered by interests that have no lawful right to do what they're doing. And specifically, these alleged agencies of government that haven't been given the authority to do what they're doing against us, we, the civilians. Once again, this isn't mind-blowing to me or any number of people who've been able to read between the lines for decades or crawl down rabbit holes. But, you know, I imagine this is really shocking uh, for those who have not wanted to look into this stuff because, you know, it's beyond their control, they think. They they feel powerless against it, so they just choose to look the other way. But right now, now it's changing because... Because before, no one would talk about it until now. And that is what is exciting to me. People on the inside are confirming the truth back to us. That's an empowering thing. It's nice to hear the confessions to the lies, the disinformation campaigns, and the crimes being done against us. In the end, I mean, it's a healing process, isn't it? Okay, let's get back to this interview here. It's an interesting one, I think. Uh, There's a lot of other things here. Here's an interesting part of it. Question is, so are you saying WikiLeaks may leak the secret history of the CIA? I am sure it's coming. Why did they use a Kennedy quote referencing the CIA's destruction as their passphrase? I'm pretty certain they plan to expose just who was behind the Kennedy assassination. And if you're not familiar, um, WikiLeaks posted to Twitter the following password for Vault 7, and it's this sentence, all is one word. Splinter it into a thousand pieces and scatter it into the winds. That password were were words spoken by President John F. Kennedy 54 years ago, only a month before he was assassinated. And Kennedy, of course, was referring to his desire to take down the CIA. If foreign nations were behind 9/11, will the people sit idly and forget about it and go back to their everyday lives? Two years ago, I would have been confident that they would have behaved as the lemmings the CIA expects them to behave like. But the foundation of trust is eroding. People no longer trust DC, mainstream media, banks, our courts, etc. Will Pedigate ever be fully exposed? Vault 7 will make certain that Pettigate is exposed. CIA and Mossad are behind much of it. Many in my close circle welcomes what WikiLeaks has done. Most military servicemen serve honorably. Most law enforcement as well. We want the swamp drained. And this part, Renegade Nation, is very interesting. He says, now listen, if Trump muzzles Vice President Pence... And guides this nation by his instincts. My guess is he will gut the CIA, modernize it, kick the MI6 and Mossad out of the tent, and start re-evaluating who our friends are. Start with Saudi Arabia. Our relationship with the UK is very good from a military standpoint. That will not go away, but. We need to weaken the power and reach of our current intelligence community as it is forced to disengage from foreign intelligence services like MI6 and Mossad. We have to stand alone. And I will interject here myself that Trump should also shut down the NSA as well. As former CIA agent and whistleblower Robert Steele explained, and I talked about it in a past show, the NSA has no legislative charter. Once again, it has no authority to be doing what it's doing. And without a legislative charter, there is no accountability to us or to Congress or anything else. And when you think about it, that's pretty obvious, isn't it? (laughs) So, what's the immediate effect of Vault 7 for the average computer user? Siege mentality, I would imagine. Is your antivirus actually a virus? You will see computer eye patches being sold to cover the camera. Users will start to physically disable their mics and only use headphone mics that you can detach when not using it. The public will equate all internet enabled consumer products as weapons of espionage and potential murder. The climate of the American public is one of distrust and apprehension. They do not feel protected. If you're talking about a failure to protect American people, you can add the CDC, the SEC, the USDA, Homeland Security, and just about every other branch of government. But the sub rosa conclusions swim in even deeper waters. America feels sabotaged by its government. We falsely believed that we were spectators at a Roman arena watching the blood sport of foreign wars on our flat screens and computers. Iraq, Syria, Yemen. But now, we have soft terror in France, Germany, Turkey, United States, and so on. And with the revelation of our devices listening in on us, it's clear we are not spectators in the Roman arena, but lion and gladiator fodder as well. So, it's all going to hell? No. Vault 7 is a good thing, actually. From a military standpoint, it's better to protect an aware civilian population than one that is programmed and obtuse. The average Joe and Mary damn well want to know if their kids are being spied on. The exploitation of these cyber tools in the hands of pedophiles, psychopaths, and fishermen is what should really alarm people. And by the way, uh, fisherman is not spelled with an F, but the PH type of fisherman Okay, just want to clarify that. Uh, and he wanted to say, This is a watershed moment in American history. The pursuit of privacy may eclipse the pursuit of happiness. Can I trust my phone? Google's Android operating system is used in almost 9 out of 10 smartphones globally. Google, Facebook, and Apple may very well have sold backdoor access to the CIA. We call it Judas technology. And that's the end of the interview. Uh, But my comment about his last statement about Google, Facebook, and Apple may have sold backdoor access to the CIA. (laughs) Duh. (laughs) I think most people know the CIA CIA's had backdoor access to anything related to computers and phones and televisions since forever. I mean, it's just a constantly growing thing. Okay, Renegade Nation, uh, I'm closing for now. I hope you found these subjects of interest to you, and I also hope you check out David Wilcox's overview video of the Conscious Life Expo that's in my links, as well as the Linda Moulton Howe interview. There's a lot more interesting information that I did not relate to you, quite a lot, like uh, the major excavations going on down in Antarctica, as I speak as well as some major military actions that are apparently clearing out some of the underground bases they found and the massive efforts to clear out the bodies. Sounds fantastical, but it also sounds logical. And honestly, you know, I do believe that the disclosures that Wilcock and others have been preparing us to understand are coming our way very soon. And if that is indeed true... Our lives are made, Renegade Nation. The ramifications are beyond our imaginations because it will change absolutely everything. And for the better. And that is something to remember as we drudge through this shit that is being released to us now. So check it out if you please. As always, Renegade Nation, I thank you for listening. I'll be back soon with another Connecting the Dots right here on Renegade Talk Radio. This is Everly Isby, over and out.